everyone and welcome to the Power Nine Podcast. My name is Mick. I'm one of your hosts alongside the Spellboy, Nuno Cunha. Hello everyone, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Where where have they been? I so you've know, been in Paris. I've been I've been away. Uh yeah, so I've been in Paris for the last week. I just landed this morning or this afternoon. I'm kinda I'm kinda bit out of it because uh, last night I didn't get a lot of sleep. Uh, I was going to uh, say, there's no way you're jet-lagged because it's like... Yeah, it's an hour difference <laughs> and, oh man, it's terrible. It, Paris right now, like, it's it's hot. Uh, here, it? Here's the thing, like, I landed in Paris and it was it was kind of hot and then it was cold and okay. then it was hot, hot and really hot. And yesterday, it was, it was hitting 39. What? Uh, and yeah, I was fasting, so... Oh, but you're used to that. Like, 39, 39 must be by quite standard for no, you. Man, no, man, no, no. Because like, the, is really hot, like Singapore is like, it's not that hot, but it's like moist. Yeah, it's moist. That's the that's Moist the is a terrible like, word, by the way. It's humid. It's, it's moist. Yeah. It's humid, yeah. yeah but Singapore, humid. like the, the thing I found the hardest when I was in like Malaysia and Singapore and Thailand and all that, it's like, just clothes always are always sticking to you. You're like oh, yeah, constantly yeah. sweating because it's like so humid. Oh, but like yeah. here it's like, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not very hot. dry, but it's like, yeah, it's hot and dry. So it's. I think you can go like you can tolerate higher temperatures, right? Yeah, exactly. But how how was like what's your uh, sort of perfect? Uh, well, Portugal. Yeah, Portugal's weather is really good. Like I. Uh, so it's a bit too hot for me, I think. Even though really I obviously right lived here. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, apparently, from what I understand from my Kenyan friend, mm-hmm. she lives in Kenya. And it's twenty degrees all year round. That's uh, quite nice. Not so much, yeah. Not so much rain. Humidity is around fifty percent. Man, okay. that's that's freaking awesome! I can't believe it. You live in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, you live in no. You, it's well, not it's South not South Africa. Africa yeah. yeah. You live in Africa, and it's supposed to be like most of the country is like desert or tropical. Yeah. You know, and here you're telling me it's twenty degrees all year round. No, no such thing. No, I don't know. That's I'm, unfair. I'm really. A, I don't know. The weather in Portugal, I, used, I, I think it used to be fine, but now that I've become accustomed, I don't know if I became accustomed, but like, I prefer the cold, like a little bit colder. Oh, yeah. And so like when I was in, you were, in you England were and UK, all that, right? like that was like perfect. Except for like, for example, right now it's quite hot there. It's like above 30. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. That's a bit too much for me. I, I, yeah, but uh, it's dry. That's the thing. Like if yeah, you, yeah, if it's dry, you just but like they have so the much. Shade. Like the, the the air in London is really stuffy because of the pollution. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I, that's not nice either. But yeah, no, I, but I, I, t- all I tend you have to, to do is just step in the shade. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. the temperature just drops by like five to ten degrees. Yeah, that, that is really true. Fast. That is true. Anyway, so yeah, actually, when I was in Singapore, even the shade was just boiling hot. Yeah, the shade is the same temperature as it is outside. It's just mm. less glaring from the sun. And Paris, Paris was, uh, Paris was kind of like that. Uh, there was no the air, the air was stale, and the days are long. Yeah. So we were fasting, like oh, it was of course, really you're fasting bad, as man. well. How how it's how was it being in Paris, like with amazing, uh, mostly amazing food? Uh, Did you get some crepes? Did to... you get some crepes? Uh, no, there was yeah, crepe. Le crepe, le crepe. There was a crêperie, crêperie, crêperie. Uh, right outside my friend's apartment where I was staying, but right. we didn't get to go there because by the time br- we break fast, it's, uh, it's ten o'clock. Yeah, it's ten o'clock and everything's closed, oh, which man. is kind of annoying. Uh, we did. I did get to eat like escargot. Oh, I saw. I saw escargot. the picture. How's that? Oh man, so good. Really, so good. And we just had it in like, uh, we had it in just like olive oil and garlic and and stuff. Yeah, like. I saw the pictures. Like it, it looked really good. I, I'm was, a I'm a big fan of sl- snails. So. Uh, here's the thing. I had it in Singapore mm-hmm. uh, by this French trained chef, and it tasted the same. So either that restaurant didn't have very good escargot, or, or the, the one guy, in Singapore yeah, is amazing. Is, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I'm, I'm thinking is the latter. Well, anyway, it must be like I, because I, I, I know that Singapore, like you get quite good chefs to go there to, yeah, and work there. So actually, when I was there, I met Gordon Ramsay. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he came, yeah. He came for like a short while. Yeah, I think uh, he was there like challenging a Singaporean chef. Yes, yes. At doing uh, like the four main Singaporean dishes. Oh, it must have been that, uh, yeah, yeah. Chili crab and uh, I forget what's the other. Yeah, because I, I, was, I went to the uh, Marina rice. Bay Sands. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just for like, we went to the rooftop and stuff. And on my way down, um, yeah, I just saw him. He like, was on, there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That. 
The, like he was just walking past me like on the phone and stuff. <laughs> I wanted to like record him swearing or something because I was too fast. It was too fast. <laughs> it's still raw. Anyway, uh, you're right. Power Nine Podcast. We talk about the food, right? And yeah, you've yeah, been boy. listening. If you've been listening in uh, until this point, yes, we are. We are here at the Power Nine Podcast every week. Myself and Nuno, we sit down and we talk a little, a bit about the cards that make us a bit crazy sometimes in a little game called Magic: The Gathering. Uh, if you want to listen to our past episodes, you can find them on Power Nine Podcast. Power Nine Podcast dot com. My mouth is very dry, so everything's coming out. Uh, you can find us on MTG Cast. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. You want, uh, if you want, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash power9podcast, on Twitter, at power9podcast, the nine is the number nine, and uh, send us all your love mail, hate mail, whatever mail, blank mail, snail mail, uh, snail mail doesn't really work, uh, power9podcast at yep. gmail.com. So... Let's start off this week. We're going to talk about a few things this week. And um, I think one of the main uh, articles that came out uh, this week from the WOTC website was about the uh, Pro Tour. Basically, a, a it's not just Pro Tour, but yeah, Pro Tour, World, Rules world Championship, and World Magic Cup. There will be some changes. Many, many changes. Okay, so let's go through it. Slowly, the first one is the Mulligan rule update. Yeah. So, um, basically, what they've been noticing or what we've been complaining about is, uh, I think it's man, more the latter. Yeah. It's, man, I Mulligan down to five because Mulligan to six is too easy, and like five is just a keepable hand. Oh man, I cannot, I cannot tell you how many times I just lose games because bad draw. Uh, bad mulligan I mulligan down to 4 like I know my deck yeah. is a CDC whip deck I can mulligan down to 4 especially on the draw uh, and uh, and, may, and recover know, the, and uh, still recover and still yeah. recover the card uh, the card loss I still can win I've won at least one game where I've gone mulligan down to 4 I'm on the play and uh, I still can win yeah the but game. it's like, just such a it's such you, a downer man it's, yeah you have to claw your way like from such a disadvantage because you have like half the information half the information they have right yeah, exactly and they've got, and that's the thing like you just lose the games outright like that yeah uh, so many times in even though like eight. I've heard I've heard like the argument in the past like could you imagine if Magic didn't have Mulligan like obviously like some other games like other Magic uh, other card games do not yeah, have that no mulligan, right? yeah exactly the only and pokemon so, i think pokemon is is still in that phase where you can only mulligan if you don't have a creature if you don't have a starter yeah, yeah yeah which is really sad man like the, uh, there was one championship game i watched on uh, online and the guy only had one starter and he had such a bad draw that, that I I know died. I know nothing. Actually, the only thing I know is you can mulligan if you don't if you don't if have you a don't starter. have anything. Yeah. So he only had one uh one cre uh one Pokemon. I can't call it a creature. One Pokemon on the battlefield. It died. He had no replacement, and he lost the game just like that because he didn't draw draw cards. He didn't draw anything. And it was ridiculous. You just lose because like yeah. bad draws. Yeah, just a bad. So draw. You lose to the variants, but yeah. But uh, I don't know. So but, uh, the argument I've heard in the past is you have to look at mulligans as a like, not as a something that is mandatory if you have a bad hand, but it's just like a choice. Yeah, it's a like it's it, it's like a gift. Can you get a better six? Can you get a better yeah, yeah, yeah. five? That's if you have the, an unplayable seven, like you're not stuck with it, and that that would be bad. If you have, if there is a way for you to improve your hand and to get in the game, then I think. That is obviously a good rule, and that's what that's what what the mulligan was from the start. I mean, we've discussed this on the show before, right? I mean, yeah. we had we had Tigash, we had uh, Vilela, and we were all talking about, yeah, this is this is very important to mulligan your hand down if you think you can't, you know, you can't win. You keep this hand, you're dead, uh, you know. And if you mulligan, you're gonna get a better. Yeah, five but at the same time, some like obviously you have to make correct mulligan decisions. Yeah, of course, but. It is kind of sad that one of the arguments is if I mulligan down to like a very low number, then that's it. Yeah, then that's, that's it. That's and 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 it's not like it's uh, the 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 problem is not when you're mulligan to f like trying to get a better hand. It's just when you're trying to get a playable hand. Yeah, and that is a true. problem. Like some a lot of the times, well, not a lot of the times, but like sometimes inevitably, like the variance will catch up to you, and you will have to mul you you will be you know 
forced to mulligan down to to five or four, or yeah. like God forbid, three, and then <laughs> and then it's just like it is. It wasn't a game. It wasn't a match. It was just yeah. Like, it's just it's just you going lost through your own your own deck. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going through emotions. Oh, I draw your turn. Oh, I draw your turn. I yeah. draw your turn. I draw. Uh, now I have to discard. Okay, it's still your turn. And uh, yeah. So now they've they think. They've um, they found a solution. They found a solution. We'll see. I, 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 yeah. So, Marty, do, do you wanna, I got it. Do you wanna? Do you wanna tell them what the solution is? Oh man, this is awesome. Okay, so every bit of the rules have not changed except for this last line. Okay, so the key changes is the last sentence. Then, okay, so you you basically can mulligan if you take a look at your hand, you don't like it, or there's something wrong with your hand, you can send it back. You draw one less card. Every time you do, you draw one less card. Yeah, you, so as no, as usual, as you used to. Yeah, as you would uh, in most games. Uh, for me, in every game. <laughs> uh, then, then beginning with the starting player and proceeding in turn order, any player whose opening hand has fewer cards than his or her starting hand size, which is seven, may scry one. So you get to scry on top of mulliganing. So you basically get to look at seven... You still get to look at... Theoretically, if you mulligan one time, you get to look at seven cards. Uh, which is... I yeah, think you basically get idea. the same amount of information even even though you're low on cards. Yeah. Obviously, if you're mulliganing down to five, then you will only get to see six cards. Yeah, you're, on less on inf- you're, you're less on information, but it's fine. I, yeah. think that's I, think, I think... Okay, I think in principle, this is a good change. I think this will... No doubt, like there's no doubt about it. This will increase the amount of games that actually get played. Yeah, I can um, I can tell you how many times that I go. I keep the mulligan to four, and it's a good mulligan. Uh, and my opponent goes first turn swarm thoughtseize. I'm dead. Yeah, but but that, like the, thoughtseize is the best card against mulligans, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do about that. But it's gonna rotate. That's the thing. It's gonna rotate out. But here, here you have the opportunity to scry and basically leave a card that is essential to your opening hand on the top. Yeah. Of your or library. if it's gonna be useless, if it's just gonna be a dead card, then you get to skip that draw, which is yeah, good. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. So I think. So obviously this was the motivation behind making Scry an Evergreen Ward, which we talked uh, about yeah. a couple of episodes ago, which I think is like good. My only problem with this is that, for example, like we've seen people before, like if you have cards surrounding, you go to Scry, you pick up the card, and like sometimes people like will put it in their hands. <laughs> like a lot of the oh, times, yeah. like there there are these dexterity just issues where people like without realizing like they'll go they'll, like, even without the cursor like if you have the cursor then it's fine because you like everyone knows what the card was that you mm-hmm. put in your hand but if i don't know if you go to scry and then, and you, then you, you, so you draw your opening hand like you put the six cards into your hand and then you go to pick up the seventh and you're like you're scrying and it's like oh yeah i'll keep this card and you put it in your hand i can and see the sort of situation yeah. happening so problematic so yeah, i think that is the problem i have with it but at the same time i'm glad that they're giving it a trial run before making it yeah and they're making just, it the, the trial run is going to be with the best players in the world right yeah and just just so you guys know yeah exactly uh this is not in effect uh this might not even take effect uh but it will be featured uh it will be tried in the uh, pro tour magic origins which is taking Correct. place in uh, july 30 30- from July thirty first to August second, so we we can see uh, is what's that gonna is that Milwaukee? Uh, yeah, that's Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, the what I think they're trying to do is because we're gonna lose the Sky Lands. Actually, no. This to, is this is this is Vancouver, isn't it? Is this Vancouver? Yeah, I think this is Vancouver because uh, Milwaukee will be the last one of the year, and then after Milwaukee will be the first of two, 2016. which will be more yeah. So I think that. this is Vancouver. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's the thing. Like one of the one of the things is because I think they're trying to do this uh, because the skylands are rotating out. Because we would keep like you would literally keep a one land hand. Uh, you would mulligan down and keep a one land hand. Even oh, right. as I long think as I think that's strong. where they got the inspiration. Like yeah. no doubt. Um, I don't think that's the reason they're doing it because Who they're rotating out. But yeah, I think that's where they got the motivation, where they got the inspiration rather. Who knew skylands were that good, right? <laughs> I mean, they're not great. They're not great. No, they're not good. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, this this one scry can solve like a lot of hands. It will give you some extra information and it will make things more balanced yeah. with mulligans. So I think it is a good way to go around it. I, I'm cons- I'm a little bit concerned about um, 
some problems involving scrying. Just because if, it, if it's a mid-game scry, like you're obviously resolving something. Mm-hmm. If it's at the beginning of the game and you're like, you, drew, you just drew six cards. Like, for example, I, when I'm drawing my opening hand, I'll pick up like a, uh, a few cards from the top and like lay the six or seven cards on the, on the table yep. and then put the remaining cards on, the, on top of the deck again and pick up my hand. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people you see like drawing straight from the deck. Oh, yeah, yeah, If you yeah. like, you draw six and then you and go then for you the seven. And you go for a scry, yeah. Yeah, one, like, one thing you have to keep in mind is that this rule, you have to keep the six to then go and scry. Yes, correct. So I think that is a good way to sort of prevent them from doing it in, I, in one motion. Yeah. But if the guy just goes, he, like he's seeing the cards he's Especially drawing like up F&M, to six. Yeah, yeah, if he's just going, yeah, so draw one, two, three, four. I'm keeping, he draws a six. He goes, picks up the seventh. Yeah, this can stay and puts it in his hand. I can see this sort of thing like yeah, happening. This is going to be, yeah. I could see it happening. But that's the thing. It takes, uh, I was going to say, it takes practice. Yeah, yeah. obviously like, it'll be something that people are not used to. That's yeah. what I'm, why I'm saying there will, it will be some. A, it'll take some time for people to get used to yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Uh, okay, so out of that article as well, there were more. There were more changes. Uh, one is uh, something that we've been lamenting on this show for quite a while. I'm very pro. I I am definitely for this change. Uh, judges and video coverage. I'm for this change, but I'm not necessarily glad it happened. I I'm not I'm not happy with how it came about. I am. I'm happy that it's here. It should have been done from the beginning. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the arguments on both sides. I see the pros and cons. So yeah. the, the change we're talking about, uh, I, should I go over this one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so from now on, uh, the video like the video coverage, the live feed of a match, and even the recording, recording of the images recorded during a match in the mm-hmm. feature match area of a pro tour uh, world championship or world magic cup, they can be reviewed by the head judge in well, when he's making a ruling, so the head judge, at his discretion, may go and review those images to then make a ruling at one of the feature match tables. Yep. Obviously, this came about with scenarios such as uh, Patrick Shapins and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. That people like just start saying that he cheated and all this, and like but a lot of the times, yeah, it's just it is unintentional. But there was a mistake that wasn't caught on camera. Like obviously, Shapins was caught on like by the the judge because he was there. Yeah. But like some other, we've seen other situations in the past where the like the chat just starts pointing out some mistakes and it never gets it never gets pointed uh, out yeah. or whatever. So this like this way, the head judge can go and make like make up his own mind about what happened. Yeah, and, and see can, the actual images. We can go back to Twitch having the comment section yeah. because like right now. Uh, they're going to have, so besides having the head judge being able to review the video content, yeah. they're going to have a, 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 a additional specialist, yeah, just to sit behind, just to basically sit behind and watch what everyone else is watching so that you can uh, take a look. Just think of it as like the house, uh, house guarding their poker yeah, tables. So my understanding is that there will be a team of judges that will be constantly watching not only the feature match video but, but also the, the comment section section mm-hmm. so if people start pointing out like, a mistake that the judge might have m- missed yeah like the, the judge is watching the match but like obviously we might miss something as we're watching it yep and so if someone points it out the the, the judge that is watching the stream will call the head judge over and mm-hmm. the head judge will review the images and then and see if it yeah see if it um See if it requires any rectification. Exactly. Uh, and this is all real time, which is uh, this is almost real time, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It so takes some time for you to recognize there's an error. So that's that's where my concern comes in. Like, uh, if people are playing pretty quickly, and the error goes unnoticed for let's say, uh, just just yeah, but that's half fine. Minute, then that's just uh, yeah. So it's a turn cycle, right? Yeah, just yeah. yeah so half a turn, half a turn is a lot already. Yeah, no, but but then then just the regular IPG applies if it's a, a turn cycle. Oh, okay. yep. Yeah, yeah. So if it's a turn cycle after the infraction, then the board state will be left as is. Mm. If a backup can be performed, then, then the judge will try to make it. Yeah, but it, I think it's more to like make sure that the the correct penalties are taken. That you have the like. The enough evidence in case an investigation is required yeah. for something that is and it can more be serious. Done pretty quick. That's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. The head judge can very quickly 
go and like this way you will not need to interview witnesses or anything you'll interview the players but you will also get to see the actual footage exactly yeah. So, yeah i think it's a bit more it makes it a bit more fair i understand the the argument and we've been through this is that the the um the play the any play area should not be differentiated unless you're yeah. in the top eight like this is this yeah obviously this. with this now the players in the feature match area will have not only are they getting special treatment because they're being televised um and they're getting like their own tables and all this yeah. they're they're they are now gonna have sir their matches will be under close scrutiny so which is i mean it's it's only the best for the spot like if you're able to if you're able to cheat on camera and get away with it that's you okay you i i, I don't think i don't think point. this has any i don't want to be, bring cheating into this this uh there, there, I, I mean, don't think this has to do with cheating this i think doesn't this doesn't have to do with cheating but the, at at a high level like a high uh at a high le- high professional level at a professional level of like playing a sport no because like, cheating but, to, but cheating doesn't have anything to do with this because if people cheated in the past and the community caught it then they can just refer to the investigations. Yeah, I know. Well. So like people right that then, cheated on camera, they they still got punished and they still had their prizes taken from them and they still had their whatever rank they got taken from them. Yeah, so I, I know, that, that's not a concern. It, but you are cheating somebody else of of that. Well, obviously. At that point in time, like, it doesn't yeah, yeah, but even even with this system, there is no guarantee that it's people true because in the past, like people were watching the stream and they caught they even if they caught like very rarely did they catch the guy che- actually cheating like, until only after yeah, the uh, fact, right? Yeah, yeah Bernancini, like all of those guys, they were caught on video, but like the community noticed after watching the videos repeatedly. Yeah, like but very I, rarely have they been caught on camera during the actual thing. Yeah, I, it's not about cheating, but I mean it. There is uh there is a there is good to be to be Yeah, but I think I think with regard to cheating the this will have very marginal gain towards that. Making but I think calls, this pre- making proper calls as a judge. Yeah, I, this I will make more, sure I think very important. My from my point of view, the the big advantage from the to to get from this mm. is that now the matches that are streamed for people of all skill levels, like people who are home watching their match, you know, from the very casual player to the very pro player. Now, the the quality of the streaming, like the quality of the be matches higher, being yeah. streamed, will be higher. Yes, and this, I want people higher. to see correct magic with the correct rules being enforced, with the correct penalties being taken. Yeah, into account. I, I was trying to express that I think not so eloquently, but yeah, I the at at this at this stage of the game where you are, you know, where you are held up by by these professional standards these are pro players they earn these yeah. things called pro points uh this is what you should be seeing this is what you should show yeah but uh, not all pro the, the the con is and the, this is why i'm not glad that this actually took place is that i think this should happen with all the matches obviously it's not possible of you course, don't have you I can't mean, have you can't have a, a table judge and obviously people <laughs> at home can't just be watching all of the matches either otherwise you need to yeah, mobilize all i the think this is a world. good compromise mm. but just because so my the only thing that i like about this is that now people who are at home will see top quality magic yeah like there will not no longer be discussions at home of like speculation of what what happened like what was the solution to the problem mm-hmm. you will now get to see good magic yeah and you'll see it. you you'll see the rules being enforced when they need to and all that and the, yeah. the penalties being given and all that um having said that i still think that for example with regard patrick chapin Appeals to the head judge should probably be kept out. Yeah, yeah, just like Star City Games does. Like I think that is perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so one last was it last thing? Yeah, one last thing that came out. Another change to the uh, any video coverage. They're gonna have standardized card layouts uh, for video coverage. So you're gonna have your. So basically, so that all the elements in the in the um, video area are standardized for all players. So number one is that creatures must be in front of the lens, and nothing can be behind the lens. Because yeah, no if, more lens in front. Yeah, because if the creatures are behind the lens, they can't bloody attack because there's so much space in between. There's all that forest and plains in between. Even though it does make more <laughs> sense, I don't know. Uh, for like land walk never made sense to me because the lands are behind the creatures 
But even if the lands are no, ahead of the creatures, they can walk through the lands, but then the creatures are there. But the creatures are right right there before your face, right? Yeah. So, But even with the lands behind the creatures, how so do they get past the creatures to go into the land that they can walk through? <laughs> so you have to put the lands in between, dispersed between the creatures. Yeah. So when you put out the layout, you have to put a creature, you put a land. Yeah, yeah obviously. So column, oh no, then you have to do a column column view. So you put um, creatures in one column. Oh yeah, you put like all the plains in one column, yeah. all the forests in one column. Yeah, so yeah. that way, if they have forest, well, they'll just walk through all the forests. Oh, we used to we used to play like that. Like uh, I used to play back back in the day. I used to play with the lands in front, and okay. then when there's space constraints on the table, we used to play on the lands on one side, creatures on one uh, line. Yeah. Uh, lands in one or two lines, creatures in one line. Um, yeah, the enchantments. I will tell the, you the like most interesting layout I've seen. So I, I had a guy at a P, PTQ in in England. So his layout was his his deck was right in the middle, like dead center in front of him, like close to him, where oh. you'd lay your lens, right? Okay. Okay. Then he <laughs> tapped his lens on the far left. So where you'd have your graveyard on the right. So if you have your if you'd have your deck on the left, uh -huh. like that that's where and and the graveyard would be below the deck. Uh -huh. That's where his lens would be. So if all his lens would be laid on the left hand side, and then they'd be tapped on a column there uh -huh. and then his graveyard went on one side of the deck like that center and the, the exile pile went on the other and then the creatures would be laid out in the front then what's on the right side uh to be like enchantments and artifacts and what, what not. But yeah, no, so the that. deck it's deck in the center <laughs> left exile and right graveyard are the, way, the other way around all the lands go on the left and they get tapped it's like your resource pool like you see on it on moto yeah yeah except the lands yeah, the lands are the just lands there. are present, yeah. And that's your your mana pool, and then just in front you'll have like whatever <laughs> you're playing with. Oh, that's hilarious! That and is it's so funny. Terrible because, like, obviously his hands are on the table and stuff. Like you, you don't know, yeah, on, you don't know what's like, what. You're just you, no one can see what you're doing to your deck and graveyard, and like you can. <laughs> there is very easily something could go wrong there. <laughs> yeah so this standardized layout we'll go through the other yeah, points but again it's to make sure that people watching at home know exactly what's happening, what's happening this is improving yeah. the streaming quality making, making uh, so it. that magic can come and meet the other games yeah that get streamed on twitch daily for example hearthstone yeah. Uh, okay, so creatures must be in front of lands. The library can be on either side of the play area on the left or right. The graveyard must be adjacent to the library. Uh, player can choose which side of play a uh, area they both are on. So if uh, the library is on the left, your graveyard must be on the left as well. But anywhere around the library. The exile zone must be near the library slash graveyard and must be distinct from the graveyard. Uh, usually how players will do this is that they'll tap the... Yeah, the exile cards the, will be uh, sideways. Yeah. So. Uh, if a card is exiled by a permanent in play, the exile card must be placed in proximity to the exiling permanent such that it is obvious that the two are associated. This we're talking about... Banishing uh, lights, yeah, oblivion banishing rings. Yep. Usually players will put it sideways underneath underneath the card yeah so just to show that it's associated well, with all of these things card. are i think pretty standard but i think a lot of players like to deviate from this mm. like i i actually see quite a lot of players having their deck on the right and then laying their graveyard on the left yeah i i see that too and i find that a bit disturbing. i think that is completely yeah just weird. because yeah your play area is one thing i'd like to point out up. though is that if you're playing dredge in legacy you can still lay out your graveyard from one side of the table to the other because it will still be adjacent to the library. Which is the you correct way say, to play yes, Dredge I know, because I you know, never because have a hand you and your hand is your graveyard. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is fine. Uh, oh, yeah. And the last one is all untapped cards in play must face the controller of, their, of that card. Uh, Adrian Sullivan, yeah. Adrian Sullivan. A lot of Japanese players, actually. Oh, really? Uh, I've played with some non-pro uh, non Japanese players. I know there's one pro player who does it. Uh, I, I forget what's his name. But non-pro Japanese players, they also play with... Uh, cards facing the opponent. Cards facing the opponent. Lens are on their side, but facing you. Uh, creatures are on their, uh, are all facing you in front of their lens. 
and it's so the lands are facing themselves but the creatures are facing the other guy no 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 everything's, everything's facing, facing you it's kind of trippy see but, yeah. well i never saw anyone doing this and then the first time i saw someone doing it on stream i was like oh, this makes some amount of sense because obviously i know my deck very well but you might I not mo- yeah no, but, but then I went back to thinking as dumb. No, you need to distinguish between player A and player B. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so this will be enforced during matches in the in the um, feature match area, where video recording is taking place. So yeah. everybody else can follow whatever whatever format you want. Just make sure you don't mix up your graveyard, your exile, your. Yeah. I don't know. One thing, just so this will happen anytime. Uh, magic is being uh, recorded and whatnot, so this will be GPS as well and all that. Uh, Are this... you gonna do it in Modo? Please tell me you do it in Modo. Oh, Modo, you have to. Like, there's no way to change it. Yeah, but it looks so ugly now. Still, it oh right, still looks it, it ugly. It's just ugly. Yeah, but it w- one thing that is curious to me is how the day two of a pr- of a GP mm-hmm. is the only non-professional REL that doesn't get the video coverage, uh, like the video. Day two like, of a GP. So day two of a GP is professional rules yep. enforcement level. Yep. And it's the only professional, I think, if memory serves me right. Yeah, I think it's the only professional REL where the head judge cannot review video because it's just Pro Tours, uh, World Championship, and World Magic Cup. Oh, come on. But it, it is, I think it is fine though because the GPs are obviously like a, a logistic challenge. As it is. That's true, yeah. Not every GP has video coverage. No, they do. Um, they do. They now. do the top eight. The top eight definitely has no, video no, coverage. No, no, they now are, they, you have coverage match, throughout. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, now, yeah, yeah. Starting you have this four, year. You have four tables in the feature match, but only two get televised. Yeah. Um, and the... But the, the thing is, it's just like... Uh, GPs are logistical nightmares. As yeah, is. they have to I don't travel think, a I don't lot. think you want to have the head judge having to go and review footage yeah, yeah uh yeah if you haven't been to a gp gp is kind of i won't say it's bare bones but uh oh they're really fun and they're really fun to judge as well it's just like no but setting it up like you have yeah, to yeah. this unlike pro it's tours, a lot of pro people tours. a lot of people yeah, yeah pro tours you'll have like everything will you be... have the film crew you have everything you have you know you have the stages you have the film crew you have uh, commentating booth you have people who are used wall. to being yeah. there as well yes, at, pro, that's true. Yeah. GPs you'll have like newcomers and everything it's hard to and organize will, everyone yeah, pro tour everyone is I think pretty familiar with uh, the protocol okay so that's the man we took a, we took quite a while trying to go through all these I think changes. it's because we're trying to avoid talking about spoilers again <laughs> uh, okay so another thing that came out this week Arena of the Planeswalkers. Yeah, it's the finally out. Now. Oh, it's cute. It looks cute. Uh, I, you know... I think we should... I don't know. We're going to do... I'm going to definitely do a review. I don't... Here's the thing. Like, I'm going to go... I'm going to be going back to Singapore in a, in a short while. I don't want to buy this board game to have to ship it back home. So... Depending on the price, I might buy it. Uh, it's uh, they said the MSRP is like really cheap, like twenty twenty USD, twenty or thirty USD. Uh, the thing about this is that I've never played a WotC card game or okay board besides game. Magic, yeah, besides Magic and Pokemon and uh, their trading card games like that. Just then, um, I just mean, they should be good games. at making like a a game. This is not a card game though, right? This is not a card game, but yeah, they should be good at making like anything that has to do with like stuff. a. a some sort of plot because obviously they make Dungeons and Dragons so they should have well they should be on top of this well the I know it's two completely different Magic the Gathering comic books no <laughs> yeah uh, oh yeah true yeah but uh, yeah no we'll, we'll see I, I have I've never been uh, let down by their board games or their card games I played um, so far I've, co- I've collected from them the uh, three dragon ante and if you if you do happen to see this game, pick it up. It's a very good game. If people were allowed to gamble with actually gamble with this game, we'd have a lot of broke people. <laughs> this game is really good. Like Three Dragon Ante is very well balanced, and it's a very good gambling game. Oh, cool. Um, I think I yeah yeah, like if nothing else, this game will be interesting. Like purely out of the senior planeswalkers in like a board game and stuff. Yeah, and the figurines like so far we've seen the the pl- figurines look really good. 
uh, this they, picture. They, they, you can see some other pieces of the game. Yeah, man, look at that. The, f- the, these are the phoenixes. Uh, what else? Uh, some this, like this, weird fire. Yeah, hellhounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the. I know. It's so the the pieces in the game look really cool. They are really know. nice. I mean, they do what's he what's he churns out D and D figurines. The D and D figurines are really good as well. The human ones, I'm not very. I don't quite like it. I don't like the. Fact I think that for it's the plastic, size they have, yeah. I think it's like quite impressive. It's impressive, yeah, it really is. Uh, especially if, uh, if you buy those D and D figurines and you get the ghost figurine, which right. is uh, transparent, and you get to repaint it whatever, you know, whatever color you like. Man, those are amazing. And when you get to repaint it, it's fantastic. I I want to get my hands on these and. It, and it looks like some of the um, some of the creatures and stuff like that they're monocolored, mm-hmm. so you can yeah, actually yeah. paint in the detail yourself. Yeah, definitely. I hate painting, but you know, I I think I've actually been cool. wanting to give give it a go, like painting some Warhammer um, figurines yeah. or maybe I I, I wanted to, to do card altars, but I've since um, I just hate them now. Why? I don't know. I I used to, I I love. Uh, like seeing like pictures of altered cars online and stuff, mm-hmm. but I never want to own one. Why not, man? Card altars are. are but I cool. okay. I have a detail. disclaimer. I own a few. Yeah. But I never want because I, like I never want extended art or something that looks just bad. I like the borders on my cards and stuff, but I, I do as you know. I have an altered spectral procession. T- yeah. With the spirit being a American football player, and I have <laughs> a, a sphere of the suns altered. Where the sphere is a blowfish. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so those are really good. Like, I, but those are just funny. I, I, I don't know. Do you have? The, was it you who had the? Um, ah man. Because I've seen the, some like really cool altars, and I enjoy seeing them. But I never want. They're not. I don't see them as magic cards anymore. Like, not part of the game. It's just, they're just like fun cards to have, right? Yeah. No, but altars are altars. Are, I think are one of those. Um, Especially because like the the feel of them just like. Because the paint is, it gets mm. really thick. It's a commander. I think it's it's a very uh, Vortos thing to do. Very commander-ish. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, we want to get like really cool art. Yeah, I've seen like stuff. fully altered decks and stuff. Like people have invested like quite a lot of money into that. Which is like I like, like Elio's uh, soul ring. The one where the manticore is jumping through, yeah, the, yeah, through the ring. ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is cool. Uh, anyway, look out for uh, Arena of the Planeswalkers. We're not advertising for WotC. Uh, ec- expect a review from us soon. Uh, once we get a hand, uh, once we get our hands on one of these, uh, it looks cool. Uh, they had a play demo during um, uh, G- not GDC. Damn, what was the one that just happened? Uh, E3. Oh, E3, right, right. Yeah, yeah Comic Con. The Comic Con will be in a short while. Because uh, they'll yeah, be giving speak, out all the. Uh, speaking of Comic Con, man, they're gonna they're gonna have the black black on black planeswalkers. Liliana looks so badass. Yeah, they all I, do, except for uh, Chandra because she looks like a tiny little kid. Yeah, Chandra looks like a kid, which I, oh man, I I think they could have her transformed version is really cool. But yeah, her yeah, kid version sure. is like she's a kid. Yeah, she's like a twelve year old. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's delve into so we're done with all that let's delve into some let's be very selective week. with the spoilers and yeah. not spend the rest like of our bajillion, day on it yeah a hours uh so since the last time that we left you there have been quite a few spoilers let's go through some reprints how about that uh night of the white orchid is being reprinted i like it Value um, machine in a white weenie deck. Yeah, and I've you know I've been wanting to get my hands on one of these for like for all my commander decks, uh, but yeah, just just haven't seen any. That's it's interesting how it's like a white ramp card, but it's it's so good. It's also on flavor with like the um, uh, the wayfinder and uh, what's no it wayfinder. called? No, the the like the the horse. Like the horse pulling Burnish, the chariot on. Uh, no, no, from Onslaught. The one that lets you search for a land if the other guy has more lands than you. Oh, man. Uh, Wayfarer? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And also, like, obviously, this is like the same, like, land tax sort of. Uh, land tax. Land yeah. tax, yeah, land tax. Sort of effect. Man, I, I hate it. My friend will always go. We have a friend back home in Singapore who always go. 
Turn one, planes, he'll go second. Turn one, planes, land tax. Yeah. Jeez, come on. You always start with that. You always happen to have that in your hand. Maybe come you need on. some video coverage that can be reviewed <laughs> by other people. On, uh... He'll mulligan, mulligan to two. So that it's just planes and land tax. <laughs> oh, really? And they just go like that planes, land tax. Okay, uh, the other reprint is Goblin Pile Driver. People have been going bonkers about this No, card. but this is going to be crazy. Look at it. You think about it. While these three months with Magic Origins uh, is going to coexist yeah, with you'll M15. Yeah, have this and Rebel Masters, I know. Oh my god. Rebel Master was based on this card. And then to have this card reprinted, like this card is just crazy. If if you guys I don't, don't like know, it. Pile Driver is a one and red, one generic red man, uh, and one red. It's a one two. It's got protection from blue, which is eh, who knows. It used to be very relevant. It used to be very relevant because blue is a very powerful color. You have capsize. You have a lot of uh, weird blue spells. Um, whenever Goblin Pile Driver attacks, it gets plus two plus zero. Um, until the end of turn for each other attacking goblin. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like it's Rebel Goblin Master, Master yeah. but it's plus two in, instead of plus one. It's Power Rebel Master. Rebel, like I said, Rebel Master was based on this card. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so good. It's just, this card was huge back in the day. Let me just start yeah, with that. This card was huge with like Siege Commander and all that. Like this was a Dude, huge powerhouse. This is going to pair super well with Tima Battle Rage. Yeah, I know. My yeah. only my only concern is like I don't obviously I think the card is good and all that. I think people are like because in the past few months we've seen like people uh, there's like this buyout sort of yeah, crazy been speculating. I think card. speculating is fine. It's just like people are becoming more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And like you, you see people from like different stars saying, "Oh, I don't think this is like people now having this like trend to buy out things." I think there is actual demand, and obviously for a lot of the the modern cards, like the demand is going up because it is modern season. Yeah, but I think this card, people are like just add, people just are being buying out people are play, people are being way more aggressive than they used to on their buyouts I and think, on, uh, their, on their speculation. I don't think this I don't think this card is gonna be. I think this card is going to be in bigger in modern than it is going to be in standard anyway. Yeah, that's but yeah, true. But being big in modern would be a reason to speculate on it. But I don't think you should be as aggressive as you as people are being. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's wise because uh, people are people are under the impression where uh, we have Goblin, people are putting Goblin this at Rebel twelve. Master. Yeah, but they're putting this at twelve euros before the second printing came out. It's just. It's just not reasonable. No, but here you have like Goblin Rebel Master. And yeah, Goblin I know. Rebel no, no. Master has been, uh, has been there since the start, since M15 all the way until now. It's yeah, been I know, I know. Deck, and people so. have been saying like the the Goblin Modern deck already existed and make like made day two in the last Modern GP, and like this card is gonna break the format and all. It's no, just, I don't think it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be another. It's gonna be another good Goblin in Modern. Yeah, fair enough. It's just gonna be like your uh, Goblin Guides, and you know, uh, it's it's a slightly different card, but yeah, it obviously pairs well with Goblin Guide. Oh man! But I don't know, man. I just don't. I'm not excited. I, it, it's not something that I see breaking a format in I, a way just, that you need to buy all the copies you see that's online. True. All all I want is just uh, one copy of this because I never had it when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I love the That's art. It. I love yeah. the art. I've actually seen a playset of these altered so that one of them he's grabbing Jace, one <laughs> of them he's grabbing Venser, one of them is grabbing Snapcaster, uh, and I forget the other. I think it's like oh, a, a fairy hilarious. or something. <laughs> that's cute. That was really good. Uh, should we just go over one other reprint? Uh, the Silver Messenger. Oh, Silver Messenger. Which yeah. is basically the the most. It was a, an old cycle, uh, and the most well known out of these is the uh, the Goblin. Uh yeah, that's true. The ringleader. So this elf comes into play. It's a two-two for a green and three. You get to look at the top four cards of your library, put all the elves into your hand, and all the and the rest goes on the bottom of your library. Um, yeah, this card is. This can give you know, as we know, modern has been like elves is becoming quite big in modern. Yeah, and I think this deck, this card gives a different approach to that deck because now instead of just playing the the version with uh Coco. With Coco, you can go and like play in a similar fashion as Legacy Goblins and play with Vials. Yeah, and that way you can also uh, 
become more aggressive with the, the other elf that came out that deals damage equal to the number of elves. Oh man, that's so fun. So yeah, it's, you it's just a different it type of three, deck that yeah. is not as combo-y in the sense that you're ramping out as much, but you, you can you can play differently. Yeah, I never I never saw it that way because um, yeah, if you go like Silver Messenger. Silver Messenger grab you the cards and then find you violin, like three elves and then uh, you violin all you know all the elves. Mm. Who knew? Uh, anyway, it's a uh, it, yeah. I and like, then obviously I like you also printed. saw like the the flying Thalia that costs three mana, but I think that is just terrible. Yeah. No. Uh, Did you know that this card? Although it's not legendary. Yeah, I know, but that <laughs> card already exists. There's a card from um, I think it's like Onslaught or Legions. Mm-hmm. That it, because people are saying, oh yeah, this is going to be great alongside Talia and Legacy and all that. That card already exists, but instead of having flying, it has something else. Uh, Shadow? But yeah, like first strike on, on Talia is way more relevant than flying on this horse. No, and two mana on Talia. The, yeah, obviously the two mana is the biggest thing, the but the first strike is so much better because it yeah. blocks Goblin Guides. Uh, that's true. Yes. Uh, okay, so there's another one... I, this, this, oh yeah, so man, this is this is bad. This people is, are saying this is gonna be good in Merfolks. This is the gonna be good. Harbinger of the Tides. Uh, so it's a blue and a blue two two Merfolk comes into play. You can play as an instant for two extra mana. Comes into play. It bounces a tapped creature that your opponent controls. Uh, yeah, only an opponent controls. So you can't save your own creatures, but it's one of those super tempo plays. Yeah, it fits well with a strategy that Merfolks. Excuse me. The Merfolk is trying to play, um, but I'm. I have to. Uh, I think people have to see if this is. I think this is going to be an easy replacement for like. Uh, Tidebinder Mage. Tidebinder Mage, yeah. yeah this is but I, I'm not convinced that if you want this sort of effect, that you shouldn't just be playing. Um, this might even replace Vapor Snag if the testing. Uh, oh yeah, man. If the testing says so, but I think the one damage is relevant, and also I think Vapor Snag being one mana is usually quite relevant. Mm. Uh, you could replace Vapor Snag with other spells. Yeah, but like the thing with Vapor Snag, like yeah, with the, the good thing about Vapor Snag, it costs you one mana, so you can just be playing some creatures, violing in the others, and then playing and then Vapor, the Snag, Vapor Snag. Well, whereas with this, like you'll be violing in other creatures, and then you need to spend four mana to play this as an instant, or you'll have to waste a violing in with this card. And so I don't know. I wouldn't say you waste a violing in. Well, not waste, but yeah. Yeah, it, you have to. The thing about Vapor Snag is that it. This only uh, shoots back a creature that is, that is tapped. Yeah, that is a problem. Because they will have to be attacking, which... Even though, like... Yeah, it's just a thing. I don't think... Because you're bouncing a tapped creature, I don't think it's very relevant. Mm -hmm. Because usually... I see like, this. you have Island Walk, and they, they can't block anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they're attacking, then you're on the back end. No, but on I the back this, foot. So I why would you be trying to gain no I see this as a very powerful tempo player especially if you go like turn one uh, turn one and then you drop especially against affinity when uh, when they drop the um, that uh, the, that enchantment to make the land in the to make the dark steel citadel 5-5 five five. oh and soul artifact yeah and then you know you can bounce the yeah, yeah obviously that works and also if like Jund is becoming quite aggressive and racing you faster than they're killing them then yeah, this can also can be interesting yeah I think this I think this is an easy replacement for Tie Binder Mage yeah. but it's not going to be like an insanely expensive card because it's never going to be a far of I don't think mm, probably not uh, well and yeah, most of the most of the, Merfolk, the mo most of the Merfolks were really cheap for a long, the longest time it's just yeah. getting expensive now because it won a GP but and still being played in uh, Legacy. So. Yeah, but I'm not convinced. Oh, this card has no way, no way it plays in Legacy. <laughs> True Nemesis is Too where good. you want to be. That's yeah. that's the card that you're missing. Uh, what else? Okay, so... Hollowed Moonlight. Really? Until the end of... This card turn, is great. Right, Coco. Counter-target Coco or... Counter-target Coco. You... It stops splinters when because this unlike containment priest actually stops tokens. So yeah. Hollow Moonlight until end of turn if a creature would end the battlefield and it wasn't cast exile it instead and also draw a card. Draw a card. Yeah. Stops Coco. Draw a card. Stops splinter between combo. Draw a card. Stops Aether Vial. Draw, draw a card. card. Yeah. So it does good stuff. Uh, no stops. It stops. What's that? The Death Mist Raptor. It stops, stops through the breach. Draw a card. Stops Gario's Vengeance. Draw a card. 
<laughs> I like the draw card speech. And here's the thing, it's not a dead card, by the way. If your yeah, opponent at the very is... worst, it's the same as like Shadow of Doubt. It's just a cantrip. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a thing twice. Yeah, it's just a thing white. twice. Uh, I like this one though, but uh, it's a mythic. Oh, the Great Aurora. The Great Aurora yeah. Each player like... shuffles all cards from his or her hand. and all It's the nine mana Wrath of God. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a Wrath of God. It's like a Warp World. But it, yeah, except it isn't. Because it only puts lands into play. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. This is going to be so great with... Nisa. It's like what Warp... Exa- it's exactly what Warp World would be if it were green. Yeah. Which is terrible. Oh, Warp World is so fun to play with. Warp World was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Also, uh, Infinite Obliteration. The, uh, the th- black, black one... Uh, ec- like extirpate sort of effect, like ex- I, extraction. I don't like it. I definitely. Mike the Flores games. and Patrick Shapin did a one-hour podcast on this card. Really, the card is insane. How I don't go understand. listen to the podcast. It has so many applications. I know it has so many applications. And because also we played with we played with uh, what's that card? The um, slaughter games. Yeah, the slaughter games. The, was but good. the thing about they gave me the argument. Uh, well, they give me the, the the one reason that is making me big on this card, and it's actually making me big on a few other cards, mainly Dark Petition. I said last week that I hated Dark Petition. What was Dark Petition that you the, can uh, look for? The, the, the tutor that you uh, also get a Dark Ritual on yeah, top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can build a toolbox where you just play like one or two Dark Petitions, and then you'll have infinite obliteration you'll have a read the bones you'll have a few he- other cards yeah, that you can tutor for and you yeah, have a hero's downfall it, it it's an interesting sort of like card of calling deck it's like a mono black it's a mono black toolbox yeah which is cool which you didn't, you've never seen before jeez no nah but mono black doesn't have the answer you can just That's achieve it with demonic tutor obviously but it's just in standard you're gonna have a toolbox in mono black this no. would never this would never work in modern or anything else but i think in 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 uh standard with a grindy deck you can like this can be a good card i don't know anyway i well i like the i like the fact that it's being the the effect is being reprinted and now in black previously it was in black and red previously it was actually in black but it was four mana it was four mana and now it's just three mana so uh i like Definitely, I like this. Three man is a big difference because you can get the uh, the siege rhinos before they they get yeah, to them and, and all that. Before they come out, in fact, you can go like turn one if you're playing like get, modern. Get all your ties. No, like, like... shit. You can go like turn one that elf that produces no, she produces black mana only for elf spells. That's yeah, you stupid. don't have good mana anymore. Yeah, no way. Anyway, uh. what else can we talk about? Oh, uh, this. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Uh, actually, should we talk about this card? I don't want yeah, people yeah, to know yeah. it's good. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Survival of the Fittest. I mean, Evolutionary Leap. This card is going to be really good. I think, yeah. So Mick, Mick was saying that he also didn't like this card, and then we've been talking about it. And the and more I, we both talked about it, the more we're convinced that this card is really good. I, okay, so... Uh, uh, let's, 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 let's the disclaimer. The disclaimer is: this is not survival of the fittest because survival of the fittest is banned in Legacy. We are it's never going to get that card again. Yeah. This yeah. is a different card. Uh, so it's a one, one in green. It's an enchantment. Green sacrifice a creature. Okay, so reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay, so. The thing about this, Survival of the Fittest used to be discard a... A creature and tutor for another creature, yeah. So you you basically play one green, you you tutor for a creature. So it's got the same mana casting cost, one one and green. Same activation cost. Same activation cost. Except for sacrifice a creature rather than discard a creature. Exactly. Okay, so here's the thing. What I didn't like about it was that you got a random creature out of it. But it doesn't really matter because... Yeah, because it's card advantage if... If there's a removal spell target at your creature, okay, fine. You you basically bounced my creature. Yeah, you didn't. Ju- yeah, you. Well, sort it's of not the same creature, creature, but I'll get a I'll get a creature back. Yeah, it might be a good creature, it might be a bad creature. Yeah. Also, it's a sack engine. This okay. I don't know how to explain it to you guys, but sack engines are really, really good. Yeah, is Cheap it because Liliana is going to be in the format? Yep. 
you know, I played during a time where this, uh, my my best sec engine was this guy that I had to pay one to sacrifice a creature and gain life equal to the oh. toughness. I oh, forget okay, what's right. the this thing. And then the next set, they printed Viscera Seal. And then and Cartel Aristocrat. You know, yeah. And that was just crazy bonkers. The fact that I just for me, I got to change something that I had to pay mana to a free sec engine. This is close to free. And this gets you extra cards. Like this gets you, you, you get rid of your creature, but you get a new card. Yeah. You know, so it's really good. And again, if you're playing uh, uh, any reanimator type deck, you want creatures to go into your graveyard. You want to be able to reanimate that creature infinitely yeah. uh, to get a value. Imagine going... Um, this alongside with a Veraboss is crazy value. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like you reanimate the creature, you swing in, and then you and sack it. And then you it. sack that creature, and then you get a new and card. And you're basically drawing a card, exactly. Yippee. And also, also, Hornequeen. Oh, Hornequeen yeah. is now a 2-2 death touch that draws you four cards. Yeah. Four creature Five cards. cards. No, because... So you play Hornequeen, you get four tokens, you'd sack the four tokens, and you get four creatures back. So you draw four cards. So you, get, you got the 2-2 two, two Death Touch. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so you got the 2-2 two, two Death Touch, and you get four creatures in hand, or you just get the four tokens, whichever you, one you prefer. I think this card is just, like, so flexible. You just, like, you can sack in response to removal. You can, like, sack when you're reanimating something that leaves at the end of turn. You can sack tokens to draw cards. I, I, like, I think the fact that the, ran the creature is random is... It has no relevance. To, yeah, if you have some relevance. No, if you're but. playing this type of deck, the the most important thing is that the creature ends up in the graveyard. I don't think yeah. it's important like what creature you're getting you're going to get back out of it. And that's uh, you know, that's the that's the point where I changed my mind. This card is crazy good. Like And it gives you some value to like the darky creatures that you're playing like exactly, beginning yeah, of your game. You you ramp out you ramp out fast. And then oh I'm going to turn my I'm going to turn my Elvish Mystic into a into a Atarka or, or even if it is if even if another Elvish Mystic comes out just repeat the process yeah exactly you got a Charm Blocker for a turn oh I'm going to attack with my my XX um what's that uh, uh Night Howler yeah but not Night Howler the um. Uh, just any big creature. I'll just chump block and I'll sacrifice. Okay, now oh, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, get yeah. A, now I'm gonna get a creature which is probably gonna be, uh, good. Yeah, you just like you, you just, just improve your creatures. Even it, yeah. like they are random, but there is you can get some redundancy. And also like the Death Mist Raptor like engine, you can sack the Death Mist oh, Raptor man. and then get another Marth in play and Marth and get the Death Death Mist Raptor back and just like constantly and keep getting the creatures and, yeah, out of your deck. Keep going and keep going. Uh yeah, I think I'm pretty big on this card. I'm gonna get a few. I think I think I don't think people are big on this card. I think people are, I think people are being too quick to hype some of the cards that remind them of other cards, <laughs> and because the power gap is so big between this and survival, they're being too quick to dismiss this. Yeah, and I think that's completely that's wrong. Uh, there's a Genesis wave as well. Enis, Animist Awakening a Genesis Wave for Lens for Lens yeah it, it's fun I think it'll be fun especially you go in a RAM deck uh, what else what else do we have Erebos' Titan terrible uh, it's 4 mana for 5-5 five, five. vanilla it's okay it's yeah for 5-5 five, five vanilla but uh, you get to bring him back from the graveyard if you have something that exiles uh, stuff from other people's graveyards. Or if they tell, yeah. Hard. If yeah. they tell. It's kind of hard, but... Doesn't it get indestructible for, with some weird claws? Yeah, but you only... Yeah, it gets indestructible if, it's the, if your opponent doesn't have any creatures. Oh, right. Which so it never gets of, indestructible? Uh, yeah, it probably never gets indestructible. Except, it's a snowball. Except it's a snowball in my effect. mono black toolbox deck where you Jeez. got all their Ajutais out of the deck. Oh, wow. Yow. Whoa. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh... Okay. Yeah, nothing else is. No, don't talk about the royal. <laughs> the royal is fun. Okay. Zendikar's anyway. royal. Whenever you play a land, it has down, uh, landfall. Put a creature a two two wolf. Yeah. Oh, two two elemental. I'm gonna put it in my queue because it, it is like quite cool, but yeah. I think it's quite. It's not very powerful. Uh. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Well, oh, that's like a the lot. like people are wizards. Like some of the times, just useless. Why is this card not in Thera's block? Herald of the Pantheon. Enchantment spells you cast cost one less to cast whenever you cast an enchantment spell. You Here's gain the one thing, life. Like Gideon, Gideon comes from Theros. I know, so I know, but why isn't like this card reduces the cost of enchantments? Why wasn't this in Theros? This should have been. I I definitely agree. This should have been in Theros. 
Uh, it's a wasted opportunity, Wizards. But even uh, the, the new Opal lessons should have been in Theros because everyone's in enchantment. Man, that's crazy. I I can't imagine, like you have so many of these enchantment based stuff that's gonna just rotate out the minute Theros. I know. Rotates out. It's so it's gonna be so. I lame. think they had to panic print a lot of enchantments, otherwise Dramoka's command would be like one of the one of the modes would be blank now. Oh yeah, that's true. I do want to. I really do want to try to break Starfield of Nyx somehow. <laughs> and uh, the I the other day I was uh, I watched uh, Enrique play the. I, you were playing with Enrique. Oh yeah, I was. I was playing uh, Travis Wu's uh, mono white enchantment deck in modern, the prison oh, deck. Oh, that's hilarious. No, the deck is terrible. It's just ensnaring bridge is such a powerful card. Yeah, can you imagine if he had Starfield of Nyx? And yeah, so it wouldn't matter. Get, it would. No, because now your enchantments now, get hit by creature removal. No, you you look for greater oromancy first. No, it's fine. It's just, you don't need it. It's fine. <laughs> you just like. Ensnaring Bridge, Ghostly Prison. I would love to go like Skybind. of Vince Sanctity, and it's, they're locked out. Uh, I would love to go like Skybind, and then with the... Uh, What's with Skybind? Skybind is the one with Constellation. Yeah. It bounces a non-enchantment artifact until the end of turn. So you can play that with, uh, with um, time, the, the time Stop Effect. Sundial of the Infinite. Yeah. And you basically bounce his land. And then you finish. You stop the turn. Yeah, when when it yeah. comes back, like whoop, you don't get your land back. Okay, next turn. Next turn, you are gonna cast a creature. No, I'm gonna bounce that creature and still get a two to one. And then the next turn, you know, oh man, it's gonna be so good. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. That's it. They they're reprinting Smash to Smithereens in. Oh yeah, I saw that in the gate. Jeez. Uh, too many, too many. Anyway, uh, oh, they're reprinting, right, right, one last one, Sigil of the MP, MT, MT Thrones. Yeah, the enchantment theme. This should have come, yeah, this should have definitely come in Theros. This would have been a bonkers, bonkers card in Theros. Yeah. You would play white, blue, tap out, uh, oh, you'd play like, control. You'd play, you'd play like, um... Dragon mantles and stuff on silver and caryatids, and just like fill your board with angels. That would have been so cool. <laughs> but now I think, I don't know. Too it late. might, it might still be good, but yeah. it just costs five mana. It's easy to hit. Too late. Anyway, um, okay. So that's it for this week. Um, yeah, I, I guess one, one of the things I'm looking definitely looking looking forward to is the, uh, the magic board game. The what what's it called? Arena of the Planeswalkers, that's right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, anything you want yeah, to add I think, for this I, week? I think that might be cool as well. I'm looking forward I'm to sorry. a few of these cards, but I'm, I'm generally... I, I think play. it's cool. I think it's cool that it's like the origins of like good cards, but they're all bad cards. But yeah, some of them I am interested in the concept. I, especially like this new sort of survival of the fittest, even though I'm not obviously usually not very big on creatures being the spellboy. Are you going to try playing the... Um the I'm gonna play a couple of pre-releases. I okay, think. Yeah. I, I think I, I'll I be playing maybe the midnight one and then also uh, one on Saturday. What's your What's your colors though? What colors do you want? I have no idea. I want green. I want green so bad. It's got so much ramp. I, I like green. Greens, I yeah. like green, but I, because I like the enchantment, because I, I think that's the only card that's left me like quite excited. That enchantment. Um, I I like the. I think I like some of the blue cards. Like some of the blue rares are quite powerful. Yeah, I some of the blue rares are quite bomby in limited, and uh, but I'm gonna try playing blue, uh, sorry green. Um, black, I like the black for constructed. Yeah, black and uh, blue, either white or blue, because you know. Yeah, I think some of the black cards are quite aggressive as well. That's cool. Yeah, I think I don't think I, I think I'd go for green most likely. White's quite cool as well. Mm. Else would be else would be cool, I think. Yeah, I think. I think I'd probably go for green or black. I think for once I'd stay away from blue. <laughs> blue's okay. I, I think I blue's okay, see, but uh, I, it's I'm got it's got not super removal, excited. Yeah. And you have like the the color combination is blue, blue red and blue green with the lens. So yeah. anyway, so this has been the Power Nine podcast. Uh, remember, you can catch us every week on Sunday. Release on our website power9podcast.com um, on Stitcher, iTunes, and MTG Cast. Um, 
yeah, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash power9podcast. You can find us at Twitter, at power9podcast. The nine is the number nine. You can find Nuno there at the spellboy, the spellboy. You can find me there at the Asian judge. Um, and the reason why it's D is because it's a uh, Asian starts with A. <laughs> go read, uh, go read up your English, folks. Um, and yeah. you can find, oh man, we didn't do in the spec box this week as well. I want to do, I want to do the spam because this has been, this has been um, sitting around in our website for a while. And remember, you can you can email us power9podcast at gmail dot com. I think so, I'll refl- refrain from spec boxes. Until people stop, stop. Um, well, you want buying you want our get, stupid goblins. You want to get some of that green. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably. I think for next fittest. week though, for next week, like focus on some some of the cards you're big. Like if you if you're big on them, pick them up at the pre-release. Like mm. people will be happy to trade their whatever they crack usually. Okay, so this one's from uh, Dana. I landed on our website. E-fluid is more affordable method of replenishing your vapor cigarettes, vaporizers compared to cannabis uh, and liquid. Cigarettes combined with refill cartridges. Oh, man. Man, this made it on our website. Can you believe it? What? (laughs) Now, yeah. It's the most ridiculous things get posted on there. Baseball performance enhancement. Goodness. Guys, please give us like proper feedback and stuff like that. Uh, This is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, so you've been listening to Power 9 Podcast. I don't think I have nothing to add for this week. Me neither. Alright, so for myself and Nuno, we're signing out. Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao. Oh, I should have sent. I feel I should have sent uh, au revoir because you were in Paris. Oh, yeah, you should have said it. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Ciao.